Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 204. And the wait. Wait. Go. This week in a shot of wrestling, an exclusive interview with Billy Brash, Ron to hate the fans, work or shoot, the WrestleMania debate, and more. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's at Michael J. Putty here for a shot of wrestling podcast. I'm joined by my favorite cubs and kittens, Hollywood Mark Schwan. Mark, welcome to the show. Are you seriously trying to pull the whole Joe Exotic the shenanigans that he does? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, come on, Welcome man. back to the my show. My wife is addicted to oh, that gee. show. It's awful. Green man, Abel. Abel, welcome to the show. How you doing today? I'm so excited to be here, Mike. We're excited to have you. Along with you. Hey, by, by the way, I love that show. It's so freaking addicting. What show is this I, you I guys are talking about? I don't know what you... I, <laughs> I can't with that show, man. It's, it's too outrageous. It makes professional wrestling look normal. Bro, it had everything. If, or we could do a whole podcast about it. But it had not, homosexuals. Let's do it. Let's it throw had it. murders. It had plots, tigers. Um, it was a show had, full of heels. There's nobody, there's nobody to root for. There's no, there's no faces. The faces are the tigers. That's what my friend told me. I, I, that's a good point. I'm all about that. If Satsujin had a show, this would be the show that they would Oh, be. <laughs> You shut your mouth. Satsujin's way above that. Not that much. Not that much. Everything. Not that much. <laughs> okay. All right there, guy. So uh, welcome to the show. Episode 204. How's everybody doing? Fresh off WrestleMania. Did it feel different, able not being there in person? You know, brother, it, it was actually very refreshing, man. Um, this was the first WrestleMania that we didn't have a watch party. I didn't have anywhere to go. I was actually able to spend the first WrestleMania ever with my wife and my son, who's becoming a big wrestling fan. So looking at the silver lining, it was a great WrestleMania. I'm sure your wife loved that, right? Yo, she, st- she stood up. Did she? she oh, good. She, yeah, I mean, she was texting and doing her social media stuff, but for the most part, she was she was in there. Mark, how did you enjoy your WrestleMania weekend? You know, I have to say, um, I've only been to one WrestleMania, unlike you guys, who've been to a million of them. Rook, amateur. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta say, oh, I, and after getting, I, I, Mark, I after getting four seats, all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, after getting four seats, I don't think you should go to any other yeah. WrestleMania. I, I, I actually was going to say that. I, I don't plan to. Like, you know, I, I actually do enjoy watching WrestleMania from my home. I enjoy listening to commentators. I enjoy, you know, seeing the, the nuances, like the facial reactions. And there's a lot of things that you miss when you see it live as opposed to seeing it on TV. So I did enjoy that. Um, I enjoyed, you know, we, we had some good food uh, that I got picked up from Stu Leonard. It's got some good wings and some pizza. And uh, then I Instagram live for the first time. Yes, you did. On a shot of wrestling. Held so it that down. Was a fun experience. How was that? Try to. How was it? Uh, you know, it was better than I thought. Like, you know, I, I thought there was gonna be like zero people. I had some pretty good interaction. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Um, no, but it was it was cool. It's cool experience. Awesome. I felt like such a boomer. I was like, how does this work? 
<laughs> People are trying to join the chat. Like, I don't know what you're doing, man. <laughs> I did a good job. Then, you did a good job. The night two, I figured it. Yeah, out. thank you. It, it, it was pretty awesome. You did great. Oh, first, funny. first night, I was drunk, but <laughs> oh, I missed that one. Damn, that's the best one, probably. <laughs> Oh, I was tanked the first one. <laughs> Michael J. Putty, uh, the streak is over. This is the WrestleMania you didn't go to. No, no. He's, he's, he's my streak's t- intact. Pause. It's pause. My streak's intact because I couldn't go to this one. I would if right. I could have. I said like what two weeks ago I would go if even if it killed me. See, Putty didn't cancel. WrestleMania canceled on him. Yeah. Oh. So it's like an insurance thing, you know? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's like Michael J. Putty on <laughs> Tinder, you know? I'm going to check swipe right to go on a, on a date, and then, oh, no, take it back. <laughs> That's going to low blow. All right, let's... Uh, thank- hey, Mark, listen. Able I'm to, here for a- you. Able, thanks for joining us. I'm here to- for you, Mark. I don't know yet. Exactly. Through so many episodes, Michael J. Putty has been hating on Mrs. Schwan. I'm here... <laughs> To back you up, brother. He loves Mrs. Schwan. Yeah, what not I hate on her? He's a huge Mrs. Schwan fan. I'm her number one fan. And it feels weird calling her Mrs. Schwan and not thinking of my mom. <laughs> oh, that's what you're talking about. You're not talking about your mom? I, I, you're I a dick. talking about your mom. <laughs> I hate everyone. <laughs> Just for looking isolated. <laughs> but it's still great that we decided to have a buttload of chairs that they're selling. So I still got a chair. No way. I had a chair Wait, to WrestleMania really? I didn't go to, so I still have 15 chairs coming. Why 15 Amazing. chairs? What are you going to do with 15 chairs? What are you going to do with that one chair? I don't know. It's still the same It's a memento, Mark. I have a, I have a cordial zone. It's a, it's a memory. It's a memento of what could have been. 15 of them? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about 15 chairs from all Oh, yeah. I have one chair. From, not 15 I chairs this year. No. From WrestleMania 36. I'm not a millionaire like you, Mark. Okay? I don't know. A buttload of money. I was gonna say, bro, are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. Dick. How much was the chair? Uh, how much did it cost? Because I thought it was very interesting uh, on the price point. That the price point was interesting. Uh, I learned from Abel because you started this whole thing after you started stealing the chairs from Make a Wish. Once I had to stop stealing, I grew yeah. up. Yeah. Again, that's Make a Wish. He stole the chairs from. Um, he stole from Make a Wish. We started offering. We started offering chairs. Kids at, in the section. I just take the chairs that they. We're not sitting in. That's so fucked up. We pick and choose the chairs. We offer the guy one hundred bucks, and they would more often than not say, "Yeah." Then I just I... had word we just lost a sponsor live on the air, so now we're down to negative one. That's Good fine. Job, Abel. That's fine. Make a wish was never going to be the sponsor. We promote <laughs> alcohol, yeah. drinking, sex. And, I mean, and Mark's mom. On. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck you. <laughs> We promote my. What are you, a pimp? So it was great. Can I get a cut of that? They were selling chairs individually for one hundred, or buy four for three hundred. So buy three, get one free. Ooh. So you bought four? No, I bought one. They they uh, ran out of that four promotion. So individual chairs only. Mm. But. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, what can you do, buddy? What can you do? Well, congratulations. I think it's a it's a Thanks. great investment on a. Very unique WrestleMania that we all experienced. But just see how mental I am because I want I'm willing to spend 120 for a chair, but not 27 for a shirt that says I wasn't there. Yeah, I'm like that seems like the more lo- like logical choice to get. I wasn't there at WrestleMania for the first time in 15 years, but I got a fucking chair like an asshole. <laughs> what a schmuck! <laughs> anyway, boys, welcome to the show. You guys are drinking Trisha Flow and getting to uh, some news. Yeah, let's do it up. Uh, yeah, you know, you're the boss. 
It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. Right, let's get into some news, big breaking news. The Revival have been officially been released. Effective Fuck today, the Revival. Friday, April really? 10th, 2020, WE and Revival have agreed to immediate release. We wish them well in their future endeavors. Which is great. You know, they don't have to, you know, have like the 90 days, no compete clause. They can show up next week on AEW or Impasse oh, or wherever the hell they want to go. AEW Mark. Both Scott I'm Dawson and that. Dash Wilder filed trademarks for No Flips, Just Fists, Say Yeah, Top Guys, and Shatter Machine. Wildly speculated they will sign with AEW. AEW currently has no taping scheduled after filming television through May. So we won't see them for a couple months. Mm, that's a good point, buddy. The top that. guys could, though, in this age of social media, could film some promos, put some things out there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and this, I, I think, obviously, AEW is. I would not be surprised if they show up at AEW. I don't think anybody will, uh, because AEW has, from the beginning, their mission statement has been, you know, they're going to support the tag team division, obviously, because the Young Bucks are there. And could we finally get this dream match between the Young Bucks and the Revival? Is that a dream match? Yeah, I, a lot of yeah. people want to see that match. Yeah, even so, I do, and I'm not even a big fan. Of, so you guys are giving uh, them zero, zero chance of signing with Impact. Zero chance. Okay. Zero chance. It, it's just it, it because of the like because from, of the uh, the notoriety or the money. Money notoriety. Both. Uh, I think money's both. gonna. I, I think both. they want. I think they also want that match with the Young Bucks. Okay. And the fact is, like what Abel said, AEW pumps up the tag team division so much, and they can arrive revival. So they would have an opportunity just to be themselves and, and to wrestle and do what they would want to do. The question I have is, will they show up as the Revival or will it be a new name? Because the new last name. I checked, they be the top, top guys. guys. Yeah, new name. I think, the, think W has the Revival. Right. I think these would be the top guys. Speaking of the top guys, forget about the Bucks match. I would love to see the Revival versus the Lucha Brothers. That's going to be a match. I'm proud of That's my dream match. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Very equal move set between both of them. Very strong and powerful. Yeah. yeah. Although they were called out by the longest reigning tag team champions of Impact Wrestling, the North. Let's see what let's see what call the answer. Find out. So, Putty, yeah, brother, you really think I'm, that they're going to go to, uh, to no, Impact? No, not at all. Not at all, right? Michael J. Putty, you, you just mentioned that match, and my dick didn't even move. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't usually. Doesn't usually. When was the last time we moved, though, Abel? <laughs> You're a married man. <laughs> True. In other news, W began taping another set of TV tapings at the Performance Center. It is believed the tapings will run until late next week. They will cover Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, and Main Event, surprisingly. That's still going on. And Wait, Main Event is still a show? Yeah, apparently. Good for them. <laughs> it, the taping should take the WWE till May 10th for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which has been canceled in Baltimore. So we're assuming Money in the Bank will also take place in the Performance Center. They have flown in superstars and ho- hoarding them in one hotel. That's a smart move. Because if one of them gets it, that means everyone else is getting it. Well, I think they all have to be closely monitored. I mean, WWE, they're taking uh, no extra precautions. I mean, I mean, they are taking all the precautions necessary. They're not messing around with this. You can't. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're making sure all the tests are being done with them. Uh, they're keeping that hotel on lockdown. They're doing everything possible so that no one gets sick. I mean, I know Miz, Rey Mysterio, Dana Brooke, they were sick. It wasn't necessarily COVID-19 related, mm-hmm. but they didn't mess around with that. They're they said, back. no, you're staying home. Yeah. And uh, Roman Reigns, obviously, he's not going to be around until this yeah. whole thing comes up. We won't see him in 2021. Uh, Royal Rumble, surprise no. entrant in the Royal Rumble. Probably not. I mean, the way this is going, we don't know. I mean, this this could be going on 
uh, much later than we think. I know our president wants to come back sooner rather than later, but you know, everyone, everyone seeing, does. But really, I don't think any, it's possible. I, I don't necessarily know because even if you go back to normal, who's, that's really the state's call as well whether they're going to open it up. Because one thing so, goes, when everything goes away, see, there's a chance of it coming back. If I have it and everything opens up again, I could still spread it to everybody else. Right. Singapore is actually going through that problem right now. I think uh, and I South Korea think, did that too. Mm-hmm. Also, if, if they do return, they should not return in a big way. I think the shows, Raw, SmackDown, should still emanate from the Performance Center where it's going to be a smaller crowd. Um, it's going to be a lot more of a controllable crowd than going to like a, a big stadium, Newark. You know the Rock at Newark, or well, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think sports, and I, and I think even the experts have said sports, and I'm considering WWE in this category. Uh, it's going to be basically the last thing to go back to normal. They're they're yeah. thinking Thanksgiving by best case scenario. Best case, imagine. Wow. So, um, you know, it's going to be a while before we see like you know sports go back to normal with live crowds and everything. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago how Impact has pre-taped last several weeks so if you want to watch wrestling in front of a live crowd watch impact tuesday nights on access tv you could also watch mlw <sighs> impact wrestling has made plans to run empty arena events in order to fill enough content to continue their shows they're currently filming in tennessee they plan on filming their rebellion pay-per-view themed episode which was canceled so impact has contingency plans you guys don't care about impact so i guess we'll just move on right quickly because i'm happy i'm happy about that good job impact <laughs> you know what it makes me happy too good job putty being happy for once yeah, i need this, something this is, I can get. this is what shot of wrestling is all about there there's a balance that we create amongst this show you know there is so much wrestling for us to catch up on and i'm glad that someone is watching impact i still hold down the fort putty why you guys don't you know the news Ronda Rousey is still under contract with WWE until April 2021 and appeared on Wild Ride Podcast with Steve-O. She has some interesting things to say, guys. Here's some mm-hmm. quotes. Well, if I ever do come back, it will never be a full-time capacity ever again. I think, like, chunks of time, you know, I'm very much like an obsessive person or like to obsess over something sometimes and then kind of go take some time and assess about something else. But I'm never going to be full-time again. Over 200 days, a year on the road, like, never again. So it's just like... What am I doing it for? I'm not being able to spend my time and energy on my family, but instead spending my time and my energy on a bunch of fucking ungrateful fans that don't even appreciate me. I love performing. I love the girls. I love being out there. But at the end of the day, I was like, fuck these fans, dude. My family loves me. They appreciate me. Fuck these fans, Mark. That's your girl, Ronda Rousey. She's saying, That's fuck you. That's my girl, you. Ronda Rousey, who is a great heel. I think actually what this means is Ronda Rousey is gearing up for a comeback very soon. Uh, of Ronda course Rousey, defender. Of course. Well, of course, course I'm a defender because Ronda Rousey, what she did... Uh, towards the end of her, um, the last time we saw her in WWE, you know, she was kind of doing the same thing. She was kind of breaking the fourth wall. She was talking about, you know, uh, fuck wrestling. It's all fake anyway, yada, yada. You know, she was kind of opening up that door, going back to her real roots. You guys, you guys don't necessarily follow UFC. This is no different from Ronda Rousey, how she was in UFC. She was such a natural born heel. And for her to go to WWE and her trying to be a, a face did not make sense. It didn't necessarily fit her. For her to be her, to be Ronda Rousey, which to be like the major star that she was in UFC and to be in WWE, you need her to be her. And when she comes back to WWE, she's going to get booed out of the arena for this, and rightfully so. And it's going to be money. It's going to be all money. Mark, she's not kayfaving it, okay? She, she is. Kayf- 
No, she is not. You, you've gotten this advice plenty of time before. What happens when you're a wrestler? You take what your personality is and turn it up to 100. There's deep feeling inside that she does not yep. respect the business. Yep. Listen, she doesn't respect it. She, she can't handle what a lot of the people that we've seen in the indie scene work towards and the sacrifices that they have to endure to be that top star. She's not she got to the she, listen, she's, she got, she got, got, no, but she doesn't respect She's, she's a way above She that. doesn't respect Ronda Rousey him. doesn't have to go right. to Indies. Do you think Rob Gowski is going to go to the Indies? Do you think so she went Baron all- Corbin had to go to the Indies? Do you think Braun Strowman had to go to the Indies? You know, people like them have made a name for themselves outside of the industry. Have, they have other accolades. Braun, uh, Braun Strowman was a strongman competitor. You know, you have Baron Corbin, who was a football player. You have Ronda Rousey. Who was exceeds both those men combined and was a huge megastar in UFC and became a movie star as well. And she can't compete. One with movie that bar. One movie schedule. bar. The schedule. The it, schedule. It's hard and it's not for everyone. And I don't think. So it's do for you Ronda blame Rousey. The Rock then for having his schedule and not going to the Indies and not doing uh, not going to the Raw and SmackDown every week? Not being. A, I mean, there's other tasks. The Rock has a crazy schedule that I don't think so a lot of even wrestlers would want. Ronda Rousey has a crazy schedule too. She's Ronda she's out there. She's in doing her farm, a TV show, playing with pigs and goats. Plus the Rock, and, put, plus and the Rock, trying to make babies. Okay. Plus the Rock, putting fifteen Rousey years, and Ronda Rousey putting what twelve months? Because Ronda Rousey Ronda, was on her bucket list. She wanted to be a. She wanted to get in that wrestling ring. She did. She's still under contract. She's going to acknowledge that contract. She's going to you know still compete. Sounds like very soon WWE again, but just not what the fans want. They, do they really want to see her every day? It sounds like they don't. But then basically she want, says she's not. I, I respect the year that she had with the WWE. And I think she overseeded people's expectations, um, including my own. I think I'm, I'm, I'm a Ronda fan when she's in the WWE. But to go and bash the fans, you know, they're paying their money. We're paying their money to go see this wrestling. Ronda Rousey is blurring the there's lines, though. There is, no, there's definitely some deep shit where she believes it. No I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. So yes, Mark, she is. Mark, this is a work. Abel, this is a shoot. That's basically. I think it's blurred. I think you know what? Maybe to a degree, she was upset when the fans turned on her. There you go. There but you she go. also See, understands. But she also understands that this is a business. And you know what? Ronda Rousey, she knows she was her best when she was herself. And if she could turn this into something, and turn this awesome. into an angle, turn this into a way where fans can hate her even more when she comes back Perfect. and be a monster heel. And to face maybe Becky Lynch again or whoever is on top of the division at that point when she comes back, I think it's going to be money. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mark, for agreeing with me. She's the best when she's herself. So she hates the fans. I love it. Wow. I'm not saying that's say she hates the fans. Exactly you know, listen, what you just said. That's listen, exactly what you just said. You can take something that's kind of real and turn it into a storyline. You can right. you so say she amp really it up. hates you, the you fans. Amp it up by 100. That's Dude. what she's doing. She might be amping up by 100. Thank you. Have you ever You're, thought about that? I love she, it. It's about she time. She might be taking something that's, that's real. The fans did turn on her, and she's turning on it up and making it to something. That vein in your head is starting to pop, so maybe we should go to the next news topic. In other news, talking about WrestleMania happened. WrestleMania. This year's WrestleMania is officially the most social event in WWE history. WrestleMania saw a total of 13.8 million total social media interactions on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which is up 57% from WrestleMania 35 and the most in WWE history. I mean, that makes sense because, what, 80,000 people weren't there? <laughs> right. Everyone's at home. Not surprised. It's the only sporting event on. <laughs> <laughs> what else are people live tweeting about at that point? Guys, by the way, 
beyond grateful for the WWE to pulling off WrestleMania in the capacity that they did. I was uh, not adamant about seeing this WrestleMania without the fans, but, you know, they had the foresight to see that this is exactly what we needed. Um, and it united us in a way, whether it, it, even if it was just through social media. Yeah, a lot of people were hating on them for doing this. And there's a couple of people, I won't name names, who made it a point on social media to say they're not watching WrestleMania. All right, dude, well, I know I you're going to watch it eventually, but whatever. I can, I can understand the point. I mean, they're, they're playing with people's health here. Till you know, I realized, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I have never watched a wrestling event and said to myself, man, I hope there's a big crowd. I can't wait for the crowd tonight. No, I watch wrestling for the in-ring product. Yes, the crowd brings something to it, but my main focus is on what's happening in between those ropes. I so, don't know, man. so the I, crowd, I, I, the, the no crowd, didn't really affect me too much. Yes, it took away some things, but basically those matches still kicked ass. Have you ever watched like a really good, sh- a really good match or a really good promo, or whatever? You just see the crowd absolutely dead for no reason. Like yeah. you know, a crowd brings make yeah, a break, brings like, something you know, to it. But more often than not, the crowd is fucking annoying. The crowd, t- <laughs> often than not, the crowd takes away from it, especially WrestleMania season with the what chance, the CM Punk chance. Think about some classic moments. You know, think about when Dolph Ziggler cashed in uh, his money bank contract against Alberto Del Rio. And remember that crowd pop? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was that great. was huge. That, that helped make that moment. When British Bulldog beat Brett the Hitman Hart. So, the crowd, for the so Dolph Ziggler so, cashing in was only a big moment because of the crowd for you. No, not necessarily. It helped. Uh, let me tell you, as a, a live performer, I, I performed in, as an actor live. I performed you know, wrestling live. You know, the crowd does help you perform it do you do feed off that reaction that's what you know, Dolph Ziggler I mean, may not have performed up to that level if the crowd reaction wasn't the same to, to your point mark if the crowd was there i also think we would have seen a completely different wrestlemania show yeah. because exactly. you would have seen you would have seen that the talent would have been able to change things up based on those reactions yeah no 100 100 man like it, it, the crowd definitely helps you when you're performing live in any capacity, whether you're an athlete or, or just an actor or, or, or in this level, a sports entertainer. Now, the news on the latest episode of After the Bell podcast, Corey Graves spoke with Edge about his return to WrestleMania, about being an empty arena. He said, and I quote, we had a lot of things that we had to adapt and change last minute because it was an empty arena match. The time that we filmed, it didn't coordinate with the ideas that we had, so we had to change last minute. And what you saw for truly 40 minutes was an audible I'm proud of what we did without uttering a single word to each other. And much kudos to Edge, who hasn't even been in a ring for nine years in a singles uh, competition, and being able to do that off the fly. It goes to show. I mean, it's like riding a bicycle for him. But, you know, the fact is that he faced Randy Orton doing that, and they have obviously amazing chemistry. You know, they know each other so well still. But it goes back to my point, Abel, what I was saying. You know, that match for a crowd would have been way different. They obviously had to make those changes. Absolutely. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that they audible the whole match because I do think that they used this space of the full performance. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, to their advantage. Yeah. Like they, they were in the offices, the conference rooms, the weight room, you know. And as a, I think as a fan, we got was, a tour. Yeah. They don't offer tours. Facts. But now we, I, yeah. got, I got a tour. I got a tour. <laughs> like, well, what's was, this room? Why is it locked? Go in there. It was, it was like the, the wrestling version of MTV Cribs. Yeah. You know? Yes. The, the, really mean, the conference this, room. And this is where the magic happens. And Edge goes up and drops the elbow on the conference room table. Yeah, the conference room is lined with steel cage. That steel cage is coming from a big match. Is it the Mankind match? Is it from a Hell in a Cell match? I don't know. But that match, yeah, those, yeah. Those, that's from some big match. Yeah. 
I, I love that match. I, I love the fact that, you know, just like the reactions that Edge had in his face. Like, you know, he, I think we talked about at one point his Amazing. acting. His, yeah, his acting has, has gone a long way as far as with him being an in-ring performer because you see just those, those subtle things, those subtle looks that he has. Oh, we told the ref, stop the fucking count. You know, and just him actually having real tears. Yeah. At the end, too, like, he's kind of consoling Randy Orton, like after he did what he did. It's just a whole, like everything. Just it's like yeah. it was a masterpiece. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Mark Schwann could definitely take some pointers from Edge from that match. <laughs> You're such uh, a dick. So just, <laughs> so just write them down. Hopefully, you could progress your Hollywood. Career Did you guys a have further. a problem watching that match for forty minutes with the length nope. of the time? A Not at all. There were there were certain moments where where I was like, all right, this is it. This is over. Twice. Like this is I, how I it's going to end. Yeah. And, but they kept going and going. I'm like, oh my god, what's it gonna yeah. take? Yeah, I didn't but, mind uh, that. Nope. The only, the only problem I had with that match was the commentary. I thought commentary. I I said it on uh, Instagram Live. It sounded like they were calling a golf match. I think uh, Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwann could definitely do a lot better job commentating that match. Yeah, we should do that on YouTube. Play the match on mute yeah. and do it again. We should. Yeah. I felt like the the match between Champa and Gargano had better commentary. Maybe they learned. No, the Maybe fact they is they, there was no commentary in that match. That's the joke. <laughs> the length of the match has drawn his criticism. Edge noted that he did not know the match would be as long as it was. He said, and I quote, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's wrestling. It's art. It's subjective. But Randy and I have broad shoulders. We can weather the weight of minuscule militia of malcontents who will just want to complain about everything. They complain about the length of wrestling match during a pandemic. Like, really? Come on. But they're also the same people that complain about Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar going four minutes. I just think there's a segment of people that enjoy not enjoying things and dwell on negatives. Well said. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, here's the thing. About well said. There, there's a whole segment that love to complain about complaining. You, you'll never people make a living that. out of that. Look yes. at Jim Cornette. Yeah. You, you'll never hear that in movies. Like, you know, people are never going to be watching movie live and like to me, oh, my God, this thing sucks, blah, blah, blah. You know, when, I mean, when, like, the, TV, when the networks so do these live musicals, Twitter blows up. Oh, this is boring. This, the, why are you watching? If you don't enjoy it, why are you watching it? Change the channel. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think people that watch live musicals, they should just know there's never going to be a good live musical. Uh, well, there goes your career in live musicals, Mark. <laughs> I can't sing, so <laughs> I never had one to begin with. Sure. <laughs> Wrestling, as far as the wrestling audience, it's a very unique audience. It just seems like, like he said, he's right. It seems to just be a group of people in the wrestling industry. They're just so miserable with their lives that they just want to shit on something that apparently they quote unquote love. Yeah, they love shitting on. Like if, if brother, if the... blame all of this on Dave Meltzer. He's the reason people want to shit on stuff. This whole five star rating and the reason people want to have an opinion about it. it Let it's me his fault. Tell you. I've seen some of his five-star matches. I wouldn't give them five stars at all. I give it two shots of wrestling, and that's at the best. Woo! The pay- the same people I'll drink are- to that. The same people who are <laughs> shitting on the Boneyard match are probably the same people who give it five stars if it was in AEW. The only person I saw to shit on that match, by the way, was Jim Cornette. I've seen, no, I've seen a lot of people I, shit I, on I, it. I saw. Really? I was literally in a messenger chat group. This, is, this isn't wrestling. This isn't wrestling. Yes. They <sighs> hated on it. Oh, my and, God. But you know, the best part of the conversation was like, what, what am I watching? Is this like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And I'm like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a great fucking show. You know? No, 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 no. I don't know. You know, it's like, Sans of, it's like Sons of Anarchy. I'm like, another great show. So what are you saying? It's great? Because right. it doesn't sound like you want to say that. 
but you're you're mentioning great shows. My only yeah. thing about my only takeaway from this that's a negative thing is that you're going to see a lot of indie people try to pull this off, not realizing yeah. that they're going to need a big budget and need a whole Absolutely. lot of creative creative uh, creativity. Excuse me, I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Uh, to pull off something like that. And uh, I just think that we're going to see more and more of this. And I think that's a bad thing. I think AJ Styles, he put up a good point. He was interviewed recently uh, saying that he hopes, uh, he says less is more. And he hopes yeah. that, that that's not a direction that he goes, seeing more of this. He said he would do this again, but he thinks like you know, once every couple of years or something like that. But listen, BWF has been doing this with their promos for the last year. So you guys with their part promo, of it. essentially. Shout, shout out to Danny Walsh on that. But, uh, 100%. He's and totally, T.J. Marconi has a big part of that, too. Yeah, so so the, the brand of BWF has been doing it in, in a way that an independent company should be doing it, you know? Right. They've been doing it smart. They've been utilizing their resources. But, like, you know, you have, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledummer just taking an iPhone <laughs> and not even a new iPhone, like an iPhone 7, and, you know, taking a friend that, like, knows how to work an iPhone, not necessarily a, a camera who's gone to a directing school or anything like that, right. uh, trying to film a match in, in some sort of forest during a quarantine, I don't necessarily think it's going to work. I'm okay with that. I, I mean, it, it inspires other people. And finally, in other news, something uh, it's still raw. I didn't want to talk about it. Mark kind of forced my hand with this. Because it's news, buddy. They deserve to know. Announced today, surprising to me, very, very shocking to me. I still in disbelief. XFL will cease all operations immediately as per news conference. The league will not be returning in 2021. As a result, all major employees have been let go. This comes after the announcement that all fans will be reimbursed for the 2021 tickets after they said they will come back in 2021. XFL was a huge fanfare. Great ratings. The ratings kind of dipped, but the attendance came up. But the league joined the NBA, NHL, NCAA, Major League Soccer, MLB that had to halt their seasons. So I was wondering, is this a product of this coronavirus or was the XFL never coming back? I will never know. Mark, I know your answer because you are a hater. So don't even bother wasting your breath in this. I'm going to edit no, it out. I'm going to edit it out. So don't bother, bother. Don't waste your he breath. He doesn't even watch football. He doesn't even know what football looks like. Let he doesn't. Yeah. Me. So don't. Then we'll move on. The round ball, right? There you but go. Able, you can mute. You can mute Mike right now. It was funny. I'll answer this one. XFL. Mark's Mark's biggest product. Uh, Mark's biggest complaint with XFL was the product. The product delivered. Overall, was XFL say, was a huge they, success. They, they like they delivered. Everyone loved the XFL. It was very except you. Because you're a hater. <laughs> if Cody Rhodes or Tony Khan was behind XFL, you would have loved it. Let's go, so my D, yes. <laughs> but the fact that there is no reason given why they're halting, I don't understand why. I mean, I told... Can I, can, I, no. can I tell you a reason why? No. I said a while ago, XFL needs to go on. needs five years to be successful. But this man cannot fund it by himself. He needs investors. He needs other people to put money into it. And I think that's the reason why, because you need money. And I don't think Vince McMahon was willing to put money into it. I respect that viewpoint. How many years, how many years and how much money did Vince McMahon put into making the WWF yes, something? Maybe. You know, before it was, when it but was it's different. It's a little, it's a little different. You know? So this is literally like he's starting a new business like the WWF. And it, it, it's not going to happen in one season. And the top five biggest Top four or five biggest stars of that league in only the first five weeks signed with the XFL. Uh, um, NFL, I'm sorry. The NFL. So 
your biggest stars are gone, which means you have to find bigger stars. It's heartbreaking. It's sad because there was such potential there. There's no, there's a chance it could return in the future, but I, I doubt it. This is what I was about to say. Like you know, going to Abel's point, if AEW was forced to close their doors tomorrow. I think AEW would suffer the same fate as XFL because they're both startup mm-hmm. companies right now. They're both mm-hmm. newer companies. And for something like this to happen to them, and this goes for any other company that just started uh, right before the COVID-19 virus, you know, they're going to have a very tar- hard time ever opening up again. And I think that's what's going on with the XFL. There, there was also plenty of people that just wanted to see football in general. And, you know, a majority of people, I was a minority in this. Of people have thought that you know XFL had a very good product, and from what I saw, it was better. I'll admit, it was better than what it originally. You aired. didn't see anything, but you know, again, <laughs> again, like I just had a feeling. I was like, "This is not going to last." But the problem you mentioned and earlier, especially when this happened, I was like, "There's no way they're going to open up again." The problem you mentioned earlier was Abel doesn't watch football. Right. You just said that he doesn't know football from ass from his elbow. Right. So one time he came over to my house. I was watching XFL. Oh, is this is this the Randy Orton League? Oh, stop. So literally, stop. that's a quote. That's a, that's a direct quote. I was watching the Vipers play somebody else. Oh, is this the Randy Orton team? Tell <laughs> me, tell me I'm lying. Forward, tell me I'm lying. Called, there was a team called the Vipers. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not completely wrong. <laughs> he is completely wrong. Yes, I, I awesome. was ahead of my time, <laughs> guys. But see, yeah, I'm going to miss the XFL. I'm hoping they do come back somehow, some way. But without the investors or money, I don't You're see right. anything. Yeah, it's going to be very unlikely, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. No, you're not. Go fuck yourself. You, you, could, <laughs> you didn't give a fuck about the XFL since day one, so I'm sure you're thoroughly enjoying this. You can't stand up right now. I bet you can't stand up right now. I just enjoy being right. How about that? It, it happens rarely, so enjoy it while I can. It happens really. Uh, Abel, you have an interview tonight? Yes, actually, I would like to introduce Mark Schwan because Mark is taking over the interview this week. You know, new things coming in a shot of wrestling. We're finding new ways to be creative, new ways to get involved, new ways to expand. And Mark, why don't you take it away, brother? Like me actually take it away right now? Or oh, yeah, you should take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my interview segment here with the king of monsters, Billy Brash. So, Billy, thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Oh, well, thank you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. I got to ask, how are you holding up with all this? I, I know you're down south. Uh, are you guys quarantined as well? Well, we're supposed to be. I, we're not to, like, the National Guard level of quarantine yet, but they've shut down, like, the majority of non-essential businesses and stuff like that. So, like, I'm, I'm handling it okay because, like, I have a huge, like, backlog of video games and stuff to play, but I also I, – I get so stir-crazy, man, like, Yesterday, I just went and I just walked around the yard for like an hour. Like, just walk laps for no reason. <laughs> They're doing go. these at-home workouts and stuff to break up the time and stuff. But some days are easier than others, and some days you just nap all day and don't do shit. So. Right. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to do. I mean, thankfully for you, you do have a yard where you can walk around in. We live in the city here, so right. it's kind of nasty out there <laughs> in New York. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not full on quarantine. So you're, you can still work out whatever. Essentially, you still like. Are you eating right then, or are you uh, you're binging out a bit on different foods? So what are you doing as far as that goes? I'm sticking to my diet pretty much because, like, when I went to the grocery store, I buy enough where I have to stick to it. You know what I mean? Like, but I have had uh, two frozen pizzas and a hot and ready pizza in like nine days. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not bad. That's, Other that, than that. that's better than the average American. 
<laughs> I've gone to the supermarkets, man. I, I see like what people are putting in there in the cart. It's just like, wow, really? <laughs> All yeah, right, there to, goes the diet. <laughs> yeah, especially now that you know I've been here, I've been stuck in the house for nine days, and it's probably going to be another two weeks if not longer with all this stuff going on because no one else wants to seem to stay their ass in the house i know so like i gotta do something so if i could at least stick to the diet and try to get it like an hour and a half workout in throughout the day you know trying to maintain some semblance of my normal schedule and stuff like because all i do is wrestle so it's not like i really have had a job or anything that i'm missing out on so my schedule is pretty much just eat the same meals at the same time go to the gym work out and then spend the rest of the day doing whatever i need to do social media uh interaction and stuff like that you know trying to stay on top of all that too so you mentioned uh your this is your job professional wrestling yeah. you don't have a shoot yeah. job uh, nope how, I mean, I'm an entertainer myself. I'm an actor. So I'm going nuts here, too. I'm not getting paid. Uh, so how are you feeling, the financial effects of this? It, it's very scary. But, like, uh, I try, always try to keep, like, a positive mindset out on things. Like, there's nothing that we can really do about it. You know what I mean? Like, there's nowhere this running show. So there's nothing you can do. So, like, you can stress out and freak out about it. Or what I've been trying to do is find different streams, different ways to make a little bit of money, like, Luckily, I uh, I had a bunch of people. I did like a, a t-shirt sale uh, last week. And I had a bunch of people buy some merch and stuff like that. And then uh, what I started doing this week, uh, I've already made a couple videos for some guys. Is I'm editing highlight reels for guys so that once this is all done, they can send it out and try to get more bookings and stuff like that. So I mean, I'm sitting in the house anyway. I'm pretty decent, you know, with my editing skills. So. Why not try to, you know, put it to work and figure something out better than doing nothing and just staring at the wall all day? No, absolutely. I think that's so smart to do. I, I've been kind of doing the same thing here as well. Like, you know, just because we're talent on the screen doesn't mean we have nothing going up on our brains here. We have other talents. So it's yeah. a matter of maximizing the list of other skills that we have and maybe even trying to learn new ones. Like me interviewing you right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, like, my, like my buddy Sugar Dunkerson always says, it's like sometimes you just got to learn to switch the game up, you know? Oh. That's right on, especially now. Yeah. It's it's a matter of switching the game up. So yeah, obviously we talked about before. You know, people not really listening to the to the rules right now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, I don't know about down there. Uh, I've seen some like the indie shows are doing like, no audience shows. Uh, what are your feelings on that? Well, I actually right before the quarantine, I was supposed to be in Vermont, and that show got shut down. Mm-hmm. So I got picked up for a show in North Carolina. And up all the way up until like the Friday before, because the show was on Saturday, that Friday we were still going to run and the venue shut them down that morning. So yeah, they were like, well, we already have everybody's pay. We have everything ready to go. So they had a guy who had a ring set up in his backyard. We went over, had a barbecue. Everybody that was on the show just went. We just put on a show, live streaming on Facebook, which I think on Facebook, it was like. 3,000 views on each one, and then Instagram had, like, almost 10,000 views wow. on uh, on the stream. Yeah, and then we just had a good time, you know. We all went out there and did what we were supposed to do, had a, had a good time, hung out, and socialized, and then that was the last one. I've, I've talked with several people about doing, like, empty arena shows or, or just live stream shows and stuff like that, and it seems like every time one's supposed to come up, each state has shut down completely where they're just not allowing anybody to do anything, you know what I mean? Like, I think most places now, they're not allowing uh, groups of more than 10 people. And, I mean, on a show, even if you have five matches and one's a tag match, that's 12 dudes just wrestling. Exactly. You know I mean? so, like, exactly. The, the cool thing with it, though, like from what I've watched on TV and stuff like that, the really cool thing with it is you get to see 
how much the crowd really plays into a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, because totally. that show we did, we all went out there and we wrestled our asses off, but it was so much harder to stay in, like, to stay on task and to, like, to pick up that extra gear when you got tired at the end because there is no interact, there is no reaction. Like, I think we had, like, six people that were, like, family members, like, hanging out watching and they weren't, like, really responding to, <laughs> to much of anything. Like, a few things, like, we do something cool, they react, but, like, it's tough, man. It's tough to wrestle without that crowd. Like, the crowd is a huge factor in what we do. Because, yeah, it is, you, you hit a spot and you usually expect to hear a pop afterwards. But then yeah, you, there's you turn and you get that reaction. You look at the crowd, you get that reaction. You hit it, you turn, and there's nothing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did I do bad? Did I do bad? <laughs> it's like, well, shit. <laughs> Hope that looked good at least. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it's so different because I, I started off in theater and then going into uh, going to film. It's so different because, you know, theater, of course, you're playing to a live audience. And right. film – you know, yeah, there's crew there, but they don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, it's not like they're going to applaud your performance afterwards. So it's a big difference. And um, I think I understand, I'm going to tell you, I think, you know, you guys are trained to perform in front of a crowd. So it's different. Yeah. Like now, it's you're not playing in front of a crowd. One would have to think you're playing towards the camera more. And that's a tough adjustment to do. It's, it's not that big of adjustment because, like, most of the shows I do do have a production setup. So we do have a hard cam and we do have – floor cam so you learn to work towards the cameras anyway because they sit the crowd mostly behind you so it looks good on the shot you know what i mean the entire crowd is camera side it looks like you're just wrestling in an empty building anyway so like you learn to to do that but it's still the the interaction and the sounds and i'm one of those guys i like to ad lib a lot like i love to have someone in the audience say something or do something and then react to that in the moment, like a little improv in there and stuff like that. And without that, it's just like, well, I guess I'm just going to just wrestle just straight through like this and then right. uh, we'll get done. <laughs> it's a big element, man. It's a big element. And, you know, now you have WrestleMania, the, the grandest show of all, being performed in an empty arena. If you're a wrestler right now on that roster and WrestleMania is right around the corner and that came up, how would you feel? I'd be heartbroken, especially if it was like my first WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Because like that's one of those moments, like in this business, that's one of those things that you strive for is to have that hundred thousand plus people coming down with the pyro and the huge outdoor arena. You know what I mean? But it's also the same thing. Like it's just another day of the job. You know, another day at the office. You got to do your job. You got to go down there and still perform. You know, and make the most of it. Yeah, but like it would, it would definitely be disheartening. Like I, I literally had my best month of 2020 so far coming up and it got shut down like the week of you know what I mean I feel like year after year your name keeps being being brought up more and more Uh, you're definitely on the rise for sure Uh, and yeah as you mentioned like 2020 this is gearing up to be a pretty big year for you Uh, psychologically how do you handle that that part sucked but it's one of those every company that I was supposed to debut for or work for and stuff like that they've all already contacted us and said that we're going to rebook it and just do it again another day so like the opportunity isn't gone it's just on hold you know i've tried to stay really positive with the entire thing going on if nothing else it's given my giving me a chance to really give my body the rest that it needs Mm. because you know like one of the first things i was told in wrestling like before my first show i had one of the one of the old veteran guys pull me off to the side and he was like remember how you feel right now he was like, because this is the best you'll ever feel in your entire life. He was like, you will never feel better <laughs> than right now. He was like, everything's going to suck from now on if you really want to go after this. And that's the truest thing, man. Like, 
constant old knee injuries, shoulder injuries, and stuff like that. That it's just uh, something all the time. You know what I mean? It's just one of those you just put on your boots and you get through it. So it's given me a chance to really get through all that, let the body rest, let it heal, let it relax, and it's also given me a chance to like to have an introspective of what I'm doing, like to be able to like really examine where my career path is going and what I'm doing right now, what I need to change, what needs to be switched up. You know what I mean? Like it's given me a chance to really like think about new ideas and how to change the game on it and stuff like that. I think that's perfect that you touch on that because, you know, you see the greats, not only just in wrestling, but in any performer, you know, they're constantly evolving. And I think that that's what helps them have such a long career uh, in this business, especially in wrestling. You know, you look at Jericho and Undertaker constantly evolving uh, so when things get get back to normal here, you know what what should we expect from you? Uh, is, do you have something in mind as far as you plan on changing? Yeah, I, I got a I got a few ideas. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hold them close to my chest for now because it's one of those things like it's still a work in progress. You know what I mean? Of course, have, of course. I have a few ideas of how to how to switch it up and how to how to do some things a little bit better. No, absolutely. I think that's smart. Show us, don't tell us. Exactly. Now. I know you've done some uh, extra work at NXT. Is it a different mentality when you go into a locker room like that? I, it was before. Like, luckily, like, years before I had done extra work for uh, Raw and SmackDown and stuff. Like, I was a Rosebud when Adam Rose was doing, like, Rosebud and stuff like that. Uh, I was actually a Rosebud with Becky Lynch, Simon Gotch, uh, Braun Strowman, wow. and uh, Tucker Knight. Yeah, like, we were all Rosebuds Is there a picture together. of that? I would love to see that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there actually is a picture of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's old, man. Uh, Tessa Blanchard was one too. Yeah, oh, she was wow. one of the Rosebuds when we did it too. Yeah, that's a like, great shot. <laughs> yeah, so like, luckily, I had those experiences. Like, where that's like, it's very nerve wracking going into that situation. You know what I mean? Like, when you're going into RAW, like you don't want to be in anybody's way. They tell you like right off the bat what the rules are, how to conduct yourself. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So you're very nervous. So. Luckily, I did several of those in the past, so I randomly got an email. Like, I didn't even have, I don't even think I had a recruitment page on WWE's deal, and I got a random email that was like, hey, we want to invite you down to NXT if you're interested, and I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, and like, now I'm, I'm much more comfortable with myself and in the business and stuff like that, where, you know, I've been to the New Japan Dojo, I've been to the Ring of Honor Dojo, I've done extra spots with other companies and stuff like that. You know, like I've been backstage at the biggest companies. I've, I have friends that are there on TV all the time now. You know what I mean? So it's one of those, like, I'm much more comfortable now. So I just went and it was just myself. And, like, NXT is the most laid back atmosphere I've ever been in on a professional level. Really? Like, yeah, it's super, it's almost like an indie show. Like, the guys are in there and, like, they're, they're talking about stuff. You know what I mean? And then, like, Triple H is there and he has his hand on everything that's going on and like they can pitch ideas to him and they they all bounce stuff off each other and it's just really like we sit in the bleachers and and watch all that stuff and like the the last time I went uh Regal was there so he pulled us off to the side and we got to sit for like you know 45 minutes to an hour and pick his brain and ask him about wrestling and stuff like that wow you know gave us little critiques and stuff like that yeah that was the cool thing whenever I did the the Raw and Smackdown stuff was Regal was the extra talent coordinator. Like, he was the guy that you went to. He was your liaison. So I got to sit and listen to him a few times. So doing it NXT was, like, bringing back really good memories. And, I, and you know, everybody does the same thing. Because he was, like, just ask me what you want to know. And, you know, for the most part, they're like, oh, what are we 
what do we need to do to get here? What do we need to do character-wise, stuff like that? And I'm one of those guys, like, Regal is my hands-down favorite wrestler of all time. Like, I think he's so underrated. Like, everything he did had a purpose. Everything he did meant something, you know what I mean? Even his pinfalls, everything. So I'm the type of guy, I was like, yo, I just want to talk, like, technique with you. And then we wind up sitting and talking technique, and then, like, he grabbed me, and, like, we did, like, a little chain wrestling, like, sitting in the seats and stuff like that and worked on different stuff like that. So that was wow. that was really cool. So you got yeah. to lock up a bit with William Regal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's the second time, actually. I got to do it once on a uh, – because on SmackDown, you – whenever you do the extras on it, because they used to be Monday and Tuesday. So Monday you would right. go, and Raw was live. So, you know, you were just there if they needed something. And then SmackDown was taped, so there was a little more leeway. So we would get there at 2 o'clock, get dressed out. We'd do uh, tryout matches in the ring and stuff like that. And then they would critique us, which those were freaking insane. You know, the amount of guys that sat and watched you do those. You know what I mean? Like every producer, you know, so you had like Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, you know, like dudes like that just sitting around watching you wrestle. And no one's making a sound. So it's another one of those like empty arena <laughs> situations. Like we were talking about, no one's responding to anything. So like you got you to gotta be on. But uh, we were waiting for them to set up the ring one time, and Regal was talking with us. And all of, out of nowhere, he just locked. He just uh, looked at me. We locked up. We chain wrestled for a little bit, and then uh, I doubt he remembered me. But we were sitting there in the in the seats, and I sat like two seats down from him on the same rows. Him and everybody else kind of just sat around, and uh, we were sitting there. And I asked him about technique, like uh, about like different pinfalls and stuff like that. And uh, he he started going over chain wrestling. He just grabbed me, and then like we reversed a few holds and stuff like that. You know, it was it was really cool. Was it hard for you not to fanboy during that moment? It wasn't though, because I've I've done it before. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like the very first time. The very first yeah, time. Like, yeah. As soon as he turned his back, like I looked at all the dudes that were with us. I was like, "What the fuck, man? <laughs> Like, holy shit! So like that time, I was like, oh, "I've done this before. You know, I'm an old pro. It's cool. Yeah, I got this." <laughs> now, what's the what was the biggest thing or the biggest takeaway that you've learned from William Regal from those experiences, even doing the extra work? It's honestly, man, it's, it's, it's how much detail goes into every aspect of what they do. It's not just about the move. It's not just about the crowd and re, in, you know, the crowd reaction and stuff like that. It's about every little detail, like where the camera's at, how to do this, how to do that. Like every detail matters. It's not just nothing's a throwaway. Like the cool thing with the NXT extra stuff is we go into like the auditorium next door. And you watch, like, they have the stream on. So you get to watch while they're at commercial, too. Oh, wow. So, like, you get to see them change the gears. You know what I mean? Like, but it's still, there's no wasted motion. Nothing's slowed down. You know what I mean? But you can tell, like, it's not as much. Like, they're saving their their good stuff for later. So, like, the, the structure of the match is different, stuff like that. So that's the coolest thing is learning how the production level at a company like that works compared to, you know, what I do every weekend. Right. Right, no, obviously a big difference. I mean, they're a machine, you know, and you go to different shows. Some are more machine than others, <laughs> but... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, Billy, you travel different places um, for doing what you do. Are there different, like, say, north versus south? Are there different styles that you have to do? Are there different ways that you have to perform from an audience? What's the mindset when you perform in these different territories? Yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a different style and a different way that people like to see wrestling and stuff in each area. Even down south, like, you have to mitigate what you're doing based on the crowd. I've wrestled at places where if you jump off the top rope, 
they're so scared that you're going to get hurt that they don't make a sound, no matter what you're doing. You can hit the prettiest 450, you dive out of the ring, there's no noise <laughs> until you stand up and they see you're okay, and then they'll, they might clap <laughs> a little bit. You know what I mean? So, like, what's the point of doing that in front of them? And then you have, like, other places where if I was to grab a headlock and work a headlock in front of some of these places, I get eaten alive because they're an indie-based fan base. They want to see that type of wrestling. They want to see more high action, more quickness, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So each place, I mean, it, honestly, it varies from not even each area, but each company is different. You know what I mean? Because people get accustomed to seeing a certain style of wrestling. That's why people come back. Even when I go there, I always keep little pieces of me in there because no matter how much you adapt into stuff, you still have to be yourself. So like I only change it a little bit, but right. in the end, I'm still me 100% all the way through. That's very interesting. And how do you how do you learn those differences then with different companies? It's just Tom, Tom being out there, it's like being a stand up comedian. Like you know what I mean? Your jokes may kill in this place, and then you go do them here, and no one gives a shit about what you're doing. It's the same thing with wrestling. Like you may you may kill it with this with this here, and then like because like uh, I do a I do a headstand in my match a lot of times, and like a lot of places it gets a huge reaction. And uh, we were doing a match. I was in uh, St. Louis for Glory Pro. We were doing like a six-man bunkhouse match. And I did it where I ran. I did the headstand, and no one reacted. And one dude in the crowd was like, how's that supposed to help you win? And then it led into a sequence. And I was like, like this, you fucking idiot. And ah. it took like a whole sequence. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like each place is different. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, do you have a preference then as far as like, what place you'd rather work? No. Uh-uh. No, I, I love being able to adapt in the moment. Like, if you have an idea or a game plan in your head, I'm not a spots guy. I don't have – like, I have a couple things I'll do, but I, I like to put it in where it feels right. You know what I mean? Not, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then that. I'm not that type of guy. Like, I like to free flow. I like to almost improv, you know what I mean, and ad-lib with stuff that I'm doing. That's the only way to really – that I feel to really, like, be able to connect anywhere. You may have an idea, okay, they're going to react like this here, and then you get out there, and they don't give a shit about what you're doing. You know what I mean? So you got to learn how to change it up. Wow. Yeah, it, it's funny. I feel like you're, you're one of the few that does that. I feel like I see a lot of guys, they, they kind of Randy Savage the match. Yeah. Like, I mean, because like we were saying earlier, with watching this live stuff, you know, with, with these empty arena stuff, the audience is a huge factor in it, man. You know what I mean? They can make – their reactions can make an, an average match seem – like the greatest thing you've ever seen like one of my favorite things to do is watch a match like one of my matches on mute and watch the technique and stuff like that and then i'll watch it with the sound on and then i'll watch it where i only watch what the crowd is reacting to you know what i mean where i'm not paying attention to the actual wrestling you know what i mean like that's that's just my little my little thing i do like i like to watch the match three times each one time is with no sound so i look at the footwork the technique stuff like that then it's with sound on to see, okay, all right, like that looked like shit, but they reacted to it. So, I mean, I guess it was cool. And then the next time is like just watch their reactions. Because a lot of times like like a crowd setting is is funny, you know what I mean? Like if the majority of the crowd is hyped and they're loud, it'll draw more people in. But a lot of times people don't like to stand out. Like they don't want to be the first guy to try and start a chant because what if it doesn't work? What if no one gets on board with this? You know what I mean? Like they don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? They get right. embarrassed. But you can watch their faces and see how they react to different stuff. You know what I mean? Even if they're not being vocal, like they, they're into it. You know what I mean? It's funny. Like, you know, people talk about like watching tape, you know, how Peyton Manning, the greats, how they watch a lot of tape. 
it sounds like that's what you do here. You're watching yeah. a lot of tape. And that's some, that's something that's so instrumental as far as like taking from one level and taking it to a whole other one. Uh, you're currently the tag team champion of VPW with uh, the Monster Squad. Now, same tag team partner a few years ago, you guys were called the Hellhounds. Yeah, yeah. We, we were part, the, the little group that we were in was called uh, the Monster Squad. And then when it disintegrated, I hated being, I, I didn't like the Hellhounds name. And there was another team that was down here in the South there, like the Hounds of Hades or something like that. So I was like, all right, we got to change this shit up. So we just took the Monster Squad thing because my partner comes out with a cage on his head, you know, Josh Cutshaw. He wears a, a straight jacket, like he has multiple personalities and stuff like that. I'm just an insane person most of the time, so <laughs> especially when I'm in the ring. So it, it just seemed fitting, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Uh, so do you prefer your time now as a Mod Squad than you did before with the Hellhounds? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's still the same partner. We're still like, but we've we've grown into our home. Uh, it's one of those things like I do down here in the southeast, just because. I've been around here. People know me, you know what I mean? So it's something different that I get to do while I'm here, you know? And then other places I'm, I'm mainly, you know, like you see, like I'm by myself most of the time. But, yeah, I really – I enjoy doing the, the tag team. Because tag team wrestling to me is a – it's a completely different animal than singles wrestling. Like there's so many moving parts. There's so many different things. There's so many stories that can be told during it and stuff like that. And I honestly, I feel like – here within the past few years it's gotten more recognition than it did but i used to feel like it used to be just like a filler spot and in no way shape or form like people are like oh well, they're tag team champions yeah but the tag team champions are the exact same thing as your heavyweight champion that's what a lot of people don't realize like right. that's the same level they are the top tag team he is your top singles guy that's the exact same thing you know what i mean yeah it gets overlooked depending on what promotions you look at i mean some promotions right. don't even have a tag team championship you even look at as far as high up in the WWE. I mean, apparently Vince McMahon feels a certain way about tag teams. So it's give or take. I think it's a lost art form. Yeah, absolutely. Like I used to love the Carnies uh, when they when their thing, their death to false tag teams. Like because it's one thing I've always hated too. It's just bring in a tag team and then just take. Hey, uh, we're gonna take two of our singles competitors and you guys are gonna tag tonight. Like, how is that supposed to work? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. It's not supposed to work. You know? So, like, I used to love their little slogan of uh, Death Pulse Tag Team and stuff. I always thought that was really cool. So, how did you guys uh, get together? Was it kind of forced upon you? Did you guys train together? I mean, how did that come to be? I've, I've known Josh for years. Uh, actually, it's funny. We always tell everyone the story. But, like, I couldn't stand him when I first met him. Wow. Like, I met him. Yeah, I met him in North Carolina. I couldn't stand him. I just I didn't like the guys that he ran with and stuff like that. It just, it just weren't my type of people. And then, like, over the years, like, he's grown on me. Like, he's, I love him to death now. Like, uh, I had taken a break from wrestling, and I came back just to watch a show. Like, I was just going to watch a show. And they were doing a battle royal, and they convinced me somehow to get into this battle royal. And me and him did this little standoff thing, and it just kind of made sense because they were making this faction or whatever. And I was starting to come back into wrestling after my break. It just made sense. So, like... We did our little tag team. We had it was actually uh, Coach Mikey was our manager. He led the the crew, and then we had another guy who was a singles competitor. So we had a little you know a little faction or whatever, and then that broke down. And then we were having fun with it, and it's something different to do down here, you know, because like I feel like it's one of those things I've gotten so comfortable in the southeast. Like I feel like uh, most of the places that I go down here, 
I can't do any wrong. Like, it doesn't matter what I do. People are going to react to me. And so, like, that way, it's another way to challenge myself. Like, all right, how can we do this and do something different? No, absolutely. I think that's that's definitely key right there. You know, you mentioned about your break. What forced you to take a break from wrestling? I just, I fell out of love with it. I had been wrestling for four or five years at the time, something like that, three or four years at the time. And it got to the point where I just wasn't having fun anymore. I, I felt really stale. I I had some personal issues with with promotions and with people that just really got me down on the, on the sport and stuff like that. And it and I knew when I was sitting in locker rooms and I was thinking about what I could be doing if I was at home that it was time to take a break. Because like the one thing I would never want to do is be the cause of someone else getting hurt. You know what I mean? Just because I was careless or I wasn't my mind wasn't where it was supposed to be. So I was like, ah, well, I'm done. So I was. I was actually, like, I didn't tell anybody. Like, only, like, four people knew that I was done. Like, I went in, had this match, and that was going to be it. And I was going to walk away. And that's what I did for a year. And then, luckily, I had friends that stayed on me. And, like, they talked to me all the time. And, like, I was watching, like, the ugly ducklings, like, were taking off. And, like, the gymnasty boys were just coming together as a team and stuff like that. And I was like, man, this shit looks fun. So, <laughs> I got... <laughs> I got back into it. You know, I lost a bunch of weight and got back into it. Now that's uh, all I do. You know, I was a fireman for 11 years and I walked away coming up on two and a half years ago. I walked away from it to do this full time. Wow. That's yeah. amazing that you did that. And you took a risk on yourself and obviously it's, it's paying off. Yeah. It's, it's been, honestly, it's the best decision I ever made. I'm having more fun than I've ever had my entire life with this. No, amen to that, man. I, I mean, I feel you. I've, I did the same thing. I was a manager at a bank, and I, I and I left that to pursue entertainment full time. And it's free, and uh, there's yeah. more power to that to take a chance on yourself to follow your dream. So kudos to you on that. Um, Appreciate that. So now I want to shift gears a little bit, and we got to talk BCW, man. Right. You are the king of the monsters. You're probably the longest reigning number one contender. And <laughs> <laughs> every, every top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'd rather be the longest reigning champion, but you're the longest reigning number one contender. Two opportunities to face Darius Carter. Both shows got canceled for unforeseen reasons. Some things completely yeah. out of anyone's control. How does that play into your psyche? Uh, it's, I mean, it's one of those things. It's I'm one of those. I'm, I'm down to fight anybody anytime. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm doing extra preparation for Darius or anything like that. I know how he. I know how he works. I know where his mindset is on this stuff, you know, and it's. I know where mine's at. So whenever the time comes, I'm ready. You know, it's like it's one of those things. I think. I think a lot of times people psych themselves out. They put too much preparation into stuff like that. Like we were saying before, I'm one of those free flowing guys. Like when it comes, it comes. Let's do it then. You know. Oh, absolutely. You no know, BCW, a World Heavyweight Championship opportunity. That's pretty big. Right. Um, have you studied Darius Carter? Have you watched him? I've watched, I've watched him at every show that we've been on. You know, we've been on several shows together besides just BCW shows and stuff like that. And I watch him and I, I think I have a very good take on how he operates and where his mindset is most of the time. I mean, obviously he feels a certain way about himself. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> how, how do you feel Darius Carter as champion? I mean, we've all seen the social media posts, the countdown he's been having. You know, how, how do you feel about him as champion? I mean, you can't you can't deny that. I mean, he's been champion for four hundred plus days, something like that, something insane. Like that's a, a very high standard. You know what I mean? Like so, you can't deny him on that. 
Now he doesn't always go about retaining his titles the way I would, you know, but Hey, I mean, each, each man has his own way of, of going about this world, you know, and, but technically he's, he's very proficient. Like he's, he's a solid guy. He's, he's got it down. He's not afraid to go to any link that he has to, you know, to remain champ. Oh, trust me. I know that he's put his hands <laughs> on me before. So I didn't feel very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us here. Can you tell us, uh, you know, your social media, where can people follow you? Uh, Instagram is just Billy Brash. Twitter is the Billy Brash. And then I have a Facebook that's under Billy Brash. But, you know, I, I don't spend as much time there as I do Instagram or Twitter. So that's that's the ones, man. All right, Billy. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned. We still have more with Last Call. But in the meantime, back to the studio. This is Billy Brash. Thank you for listening, but we're not done yet. Stay tuned until the end of this episode for Last Call. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. So I got to say, man, that was a really fun interview with Billy Brash. Um, I'm almost going to feel bad if he beats Darius Carter. We're going to have to beat him next. Almost feel bad about that. Oh, but... oh snap. <laughs> but it is what it is. No, listen, like, obviously, really good dude. Uh, wish him all the best during this, with uh, during this whole quarantine. You know, he's, he heard it. I mean, he's a full-time wrestler. He doesn't have a shoot job. So, you know, kudos to people like that. And obviously, though, they're taking a hit during this time. So, uh, you know, anyone that's listening, you know, support, support your favorite indie wrestler. Buy their merch. Do whatever possible. Because, you know what? Uh, we're all hurting. Both said. Thank you. Make sure you buy the uh, Too Good shirt that Mark displays on all social medias. By the way, can I I (laughs) ask you a question? So BWF made an announcement saying all title reigns, right, are on pause. Yeah. Can my bet be on pause? Can I go back to having... Because they're still champions. The reign, the number of days their champion is on pause, but they're still champions. But things go back to normal. I could put my, my that picture back up. No. Let's get into some TV takedown. Uh, Abel, time for our TV takedown. Again, TV takedown is something. There's so much TV. So much. On wrestling in a seven-day period. So, much. so instead of breaking down something for every show, we break down something specific from a show. Abel, mm. the floor is yours. You know, let, let me give you some honorable mentions before I get to what honorable I want to talk about. What is this? Very, no, this, this that is the three I'm the guest. It's not the three Listen, counts. I'm, I'm the guest. I'm the guest, okay? Honorable mention to the big guest. show t- challenging Drew, Drew McIntyre right after his WrestleMania match. Just honorable mention because for a moment, I thought he was like, like, are they really going to like change shit up? I thought like, same, I really, I same thing. Like, I felt it in my heart. I'm like, this is pre-taped, but maybe they had different finishes. I don't know. So honorable mention to that. And um, honorable mention to the Big Show show, which you saw all the commercials throughout the other shows. I got a chance to watch it. I love it. I'm going to keep watching season one, and I hope it gets renewed for a following season in Netflix. Can I ask you a question? Me and Mark talked about it last week, and I was looking forward to the Big Show show. Sounds awesome. But I saw the trailer. The show show. It seemed like a stereotypical Nickelodeon show. Yes. Now, yes. Now, that you're Absolutely. A, now that you're a father... Mm-hmm. You have a different skew on TV shows. Is it enjoyable for wrestling fans or is it just for kids? Uh, 
You know what? If, if you're a fan of like that uh, Disney Channel type of, like you said, Nickelodeon. So no, of a Mark, show. the floor's so, yours. Yeah, <laughs> out. We're out. So out. Okay. I'm just letting you know. But it, but I found it enjoyable. Uh, it was it was a good a good quick quick watch. Uh, but my TV takedown. If you're gonna watch anything on television this week, I think it needs to be the NXT match between Johnny Gargano. And really? Tommaso Are Ciampa. you serious? The wow. story that has built up to this rivalry coming to an end was freaking awesome. Um, and is it really it to was an the, end, though? Listen, is it really to it an was, end? It was the Wednesday Night Wars. Their AEW knew after WrestleMania they could not compete. And, the, and the, the, you guys shouldn't even mention anything about AEW because NXT delivered and they killed it with this match. Well, I it was supposed the to be their takeover, of course. This, this is the match to see. If you're going to watch anything on TV, Tommaso uh, Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano was oh, amazing. Mark, it was a I, cinematic masterpiece. Mark Lee clearly I will, have to, I will have to disagree with you on that one. I thought, that, I thought Candice LeRae, her acting was a little hokey at the end there. Uh, I didn't like the commercial breaks. Um, I, I honestly, I'm not a big fan of of Chapa getting super kicked a few times and kind of no selling. Oh, it. spoiler! You know, you know there, there there are a few things in there that I didn't like. There had some awesome moments in there. Don't get me wrong; there were some very good moments in there. There's some good storytelling in there, but you know there were things about it that I wish could have done better. So for me personally, I thought the moment of the week was actually on SmackDown okay. uh, Friday night. Ms. Morrison, did, the very end of the show, <laughs> actually was with Bray Wyatt challenging Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. At first, when I saw the Firefly Funhouse thing was coming on, I was like, no, no, please don't challenge Braun Strowman. But the way it was done. Well done. Right? They brought back the very, whole uh, Wyatt family. brought everything back, you know, with Braun Strowman being part of the Wyatt family. And then even Braun Strowman cutting him off saying, hey, I'll let you in. Yeah. And then they kind <laughs> of mimicking Bray Wyatt. Bye. So was that, that was, was that well done? Was that new? Or was Roman Reigns supposed to do that? You know, I, I think Reigns the original plan. I think the original plan was probably for Roman Reigns to be Braun Strowman uh, to have that feud. They had excellent chemistry when they feuded before. I think that was best that Roman Reigns performed in the ring. Same with Braun Strowman. Yeah. Um, they had excellent chemistry, so I would love to see that match happen again. But Roman Reigns going to be Wyatt. Roman Reigns going to be out of the picture that. for months. God knows how months. long. It's funny because it's funny because I was thinking like Braun Strowman, such a lucky son of a bitch. He's only a champion. He's only getting this spot because Roman Reigns decided to pull out. Then I go back to last year when Ali got hurt. I'm like, Kofi Kingston filled in that spot, and he killed it. He killed it. Right. I'm not a Braun Strowman fan. I do not like Braun Strowman. So I'm hoping he just takes the ball with it. a hard worker, man. And he runs with it. And I'm, I'm optimistic with Braun Strowman here. I think this will be good it. storytelling. I'm, I'm about the story right now. You know, again, yeah, the first, way they I, a great I story. Stre- yeah. I have to stress the fact that I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. But originally, when the Firefly Funhouse segment came on, I was like, "Please no," because I think Bray Wyatt in the Universal Championship picture—it's not needed. But it's definitely not you know needed. What? But it's it's not needed. But hell, if you can tell a compelling story like this, I'm for it. So you think? Yeah, I love, he won't I win. love the way you guys are are talking about this future Hall of Famer Bray Wyatt because the dude right, how do, how do is end, freaking how awesome. How do I end Greenman's call here? How do I meet him? <laughs> Bray Wyatt, I mean, the, the way he's uh, going right now, he could easily be a future. He's changing I'm the not business. saying he is yet. I'm not. I'm not on Abel's side yet, as far as he is. So my th- I think my takedown is. Thank you. Let's move on. <laughs> Bailey's growing on me. I'm loving Bailey and Sasha Banks. Bailey is coming into her own as a heel. Oh. 
I'm, I'm really enjoying their dynamic with Sasha Banks. The whole role model angle is great. What happened on WrestleMania with her, the whole Batista Triple H thing where she could have saved the pin, but she didn't. I you know what? Bailey is champion. And when Michael Cole read her accomplishments at WrestleMania, I'm like, this. Oh, absolutely. Why isn't she considered one of the best of all time? Because she is killing it. Can I mention something? No. So my wife, who's so, not a wrestling fan, was watching this. Am I, host, says, am I hosting the show? I said Sasha no. Banks you're looks more of a champion than Bailey. Ba- Bailey is supposed to be a role model. It's kind of like it's a heel version of that. Yes. She's dressing in jeans and a t-shirt. Does she does not look the champion? She does not look the part. She does not look like a role model, like a heel version of a role model. She just looks like a plain Jane person. How's a heel? supposed to dress how's the heel supposed to dress it as a in your face role baby. model you dress apart dress as a champion like? dress as an elite dress like dress be like, like, the, like position be like better yeah wrestlemania happened let's get into our wrestlemania takedown abel you know i'm, I'm uh, it's been a while since i've been on the show i like to ruffle a little bit of the no honorable mentions. i like to be i like to be a little bit different i'm gonna give it up to the matches that shouldn't have probably been on WrestleMania. Like, if this was a one-night show, these are the matches that probably would have been pre-show, pre-show. cut, not yeah. even mentioned. However, the performance in ring from all of these individuals showed me something more, gave me a little bit more of a passion for what they were trying to put out there. So I'm going to give it up to those matches that I thought should have never been on the card, but really won me over. Ziggler versus Otis, Liv Morgan what? versus Natalia, and Gulak versus Cesaro. You guys killed it. You deserve to be on that WrestleMania. Well, Gulak Cesaro was a, was a pre-show match. So the, Listen, these are your these are your favorite sh- moments of, of these are my you know these are my favorite moments. They, Completely forgettable in my mind. But they surprised me. Gulak you know, because was I had no pre-show. Did you see? Did you see that helicopter? Did you fall asleep for the rest Cesaro? of the show? Did you fall asleep for the rest of the show? Let's be real. I mean, I know you guys are going to talk about The Undertaker. I know you're going to talk about... I'm sorry, about sorry. What? You, Who? The Undertaker. Tanker. Mark yeah, Calloway. Right. Undertaker. <laughs> Something's never Mark changed. Calloway. It's been four years. I know, I, I know you're going to talk about the Firefly Funhouse. I'm trying to give you something different. You want to watch WrestleMania? Go back to these matches and give credit to these fucking workers who put on a show for you guys. Because I guarantee you, if you give these guys a second chance, and Mark, I'm telling you, Go back and look at these matches. They'll win you over because I did not expect these matches to win me over, but they did. The that one I might give you down. is Cesaro doing his original finisher from the Indies, bringing it on the WrestleMania stage. I'll give you that. Cesaro's a hell of a performer. I'm a big Cesaro fan. I think he used to be in the main event level. But, you know, all the other things he mentioned, uh, I don't necessarily know. Well, that's what's great about wrestling is WrestleMania is subjective. What I like, you may not like. What Abel liked, you didn't like. So don't shit on him for it. Abel, great well, takedown. I'm, I'm Abel, great takedown. I'm, Thanks, I'm an elitist. Thanks, I am brother. Hollywood. Mark. Thanks, brother. Takedown. So going on the Hollywood level, actually, my TV takedown for WrestleMania was actually the Bray Wyatt-John Cena match. Surprise, um, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Of course. Of course, right? Listen. Future Hall of Famers, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a genius way. If this is indeed the truth, if John Cena is the is this the last time we're going to see him as an in-ring competitor, uh, I think this is a great way for him to go out. I think they tied everything together perfectly. I thought it was like you know a David Lynch movie in uh, in a wrestling setting. 
You know, it was just, uh, it was the best indie film I've ever seen in my life, pretty much. <laughs> it was a great promo, I have to it was, say. It was, a, it was a great promo. It was great all around. It just, I, it was very creative. Because, you know what, honestly, but if I didn't see that match, I would have said Taker and AJ Styles. And it was very close for me, actually. Taker, AJ Styles, they crushed it. And I was a little worried for night two. I was like, well, how are Bray Wyatt and John Cena going to top that? And I love they, that it was so different. Right, different, it was yeah. completely different. Completely different. We, unlike anything we've ever seen, probably we'll never see again. Which leads me to believe, if WrestleMania was going to happen live for 80,000 people, what was the plan? It probably would have been I do not believe there were going to be cinematic pre-tape matches. No, no, there would have been none at all. So this is Mark, fun advantage. fact, that whole, that whole match really was uh, created from the imaginations of only three people. Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt John Tom, Cena, and Tom Bruce Richard. Richard. Oh, Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Bridges. Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> so, I mean, we've had an interview with um, with Mike Quackenbush where he explained how the writing team in Raw and SmackDown is so intense. Over 18, it's not, it's like 30 people. It's like an SNL meeting room. So many different opinions to create a match. And this came down to three people pulling off a masterpiece, man. So, it, I, I it think would... this is the formula they need to follow. It was just so original, man. Just playing off everything from John Cena's career and from his insecurities and his fears. And then how they tied in at the very end, using John Cena's own words, how he described Bray Wyatt on him. And that that last part blew me away. It's great. We're a week past WrestleMania. So everything I want to say about WrestleMania, I love WrestleMania beginning to end. There was no dull moment. There was no low point to me. I loved the show overall. So everything I want to say has been said. So I could talk about on and on about the Boneyard match. I could talk about the Firefly Funhouse match. I could talk about the ladder match. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. I feel like this one match is not getting talked about, so I'm going to talk about it here on my takedown. There aren't that many matches going into WrestleMania that had storylines. No. Agreed. There wasn't many storylines that I cared about going to WrestleMania. Something there, we talked about quite a bit. If there were, they were rushed. So I hate myself for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. A storyline that played out over months, that kept my entertainment, that kept my focus, that was well played out. Otis versus no! Dolph Thank Ziggler. You. No. Thank you. That was a sto- That was the only storyline that was consistent I love it. week Absolutely. in and week out. Absolutely. Otis, Manny Rose, sh- back of the Royal pre-Royal Rumble. We're talking about now four months prior. I love it. And it was the only storyline. It was magical. Not, not even, oh, stop. That, that would never not, happen. Not, That's too unbelievable for Mandy Rose to fall for a guy like Otis. It's a long storytelling that consistently That's was right. told week in and week out. It wasn't a storyline that happened two months ago and then was ignored for wow. two weeks and a came story back. I was praying to end the week prior and a week prior to that. And a week I'm sorry. Is this that. your takedown? Is this your takedown? <laughs> I'm sorry. The floor is mine, correct? He's hating. He's hating. He's a hater. You keep going, yes. Michael J. Putty. Preach. Wait, is that but truly this, your favorite match the whole t- of the whole of all WrestleMania? Is that truly, or are you just trying to say it to be different? I'm saying it to be different. You're saying it to be different. Be real. What, what was your favorite match then? No, because same with you, Abel. Again, you told me before the show started we got to keep it to one because everybody's talking about WrestleMania. Got to keep it to one, right? Yes. So everyone's talked our ears off about. There's nothing I can say that's different from the Boneyard match, the Triple Threat Ladder match, the Daniel Bryan Kevin Owens match, but nobody's fucking talking about Ke- Otis. And Dolph said the, the storytelling, the heart of professional wrestling is storytelling. Dude, it's not a story. I th- feel you, brother. Thank you. I feel you, brother. The reason I picked my takedown, because these are the, the matches that surprised me. 
that surprised me. Yes, thank you. For, yes, but engaged me. I expected the AJ Styles match and Undertaker to be engaging. I expected it to be over the I top and lovely, and, and it was good. It. it was it's good. Great, it yeah. met my expectations. These matches captivated me like wrestling should, brother. AJ and Undertaker had a good story built into it. I wanted to see a match originally. I was when I found out it was going to be a cinematic match. It's like, oh man, this is going to suck. Coming to the guy whose takeaway was the Firefly Funhouse match, which was not a match yeah. at all. But I, I, I was just saying, you know, it surprised me. Same with Bray Wyatt and John Cena. You know, when after I saw what happened with AJ and Undertaker, I was sold. I was holy shit, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. And now I had like some expectations for John Cena and Bray Wyatt, and I was like nervous. Am I going to be let down? And I wasn't. So that's why, you know, I thought John Cena and Bray Wyatt was so unique from anything we've ever seen before. And that's why I think it was my favorite moment, uh, my favorite match on the card. But Taker in AJ Styles, I'll, I will say, shocked the hell out of me. There was one moment where I was like, all right, this is a little hokey, but that's about it. That's like the word of the day. Hokey. Anytime you hear Mark say hokey, take a shot. Hokey. <laughs> I'm out of shots. I got to refill my drink. Let's go throw a three count. It's time for the three count. All right, folks, getting ready for a three count. Now, you guys know, presumptively, it's been John Cena's last match. So we think. House. I mean, what a way to go out. I mean, it was, it was a perfect, like, you know, perfect circle there in his career. I mean, it just makes sense. If that's how he retires, I mean, bravo. So it would be unique retirement. Nobody's else been retired like that. Right. Let's go with our top three John Cena matches of all time. Abel, again, you're our guest. Floor is yours. I love being a guest, Michael J. Putty, because I got to go first. And this takes me back to a point when we went to WrestleMania 23. John Cena was created and built as this guy from the fans with the five moves of doom, right? Yep. Five moves of doom. Everybody hated John Cena. They didn't think he could hold up. He went up against Mr. WrestleMania, and I got to tell you, being in attendance for that match made me change my perspective on who John Cena was. That match was amazing. It was emotional. It was engaging. I loved it, and it it gained me a respect for John Cena. So number three for my top John Cena matches. Respect. Mark, so, listen, I've never been the biggest John Cena fan as a wrestler. I respect him as a person and uh, respect him the way he's done for the business. Uh, so this last one, uh, number three, might be a little shocking. Uh, I love the feud he had with AJ Styles. Uh, I, I thought these guys, they put on a hell of a match. Every single time they performed, they stole the show. Yes, it did. And each, each one kept on getting better and better and better. You know, the first, in the first two, they, they face off, uh, AJ Styles won. You know, the first one was, you know, it had some interference with um, with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. The second one, AJ won clean at SummerSlam. But the one that really stood out the most definitely was their last one that they had at, at the Royal Rumble. When John Cena won, and he became the 16-time uh, world champion. 2017, I think it was. It was 17? I, I forget. I, all the years are blending together. But it was definitely the Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> Too many shots of wrestling. And the fact that, like, you know, John Cena, when he hit the Super AA... You know, usually it's done after that. And AJ Styles kicked out. And it was just shocking to see. You know, it really displayed uh, John Cena's athleticism, his creativity to how he ended the match. Uh, it, was, it was just really well done. Number three for me, uh, you know, I'm a John Cena fan. Thanks to them having my shirt at SummerSlam. Oh, what a story. Oh, great story. 
<laughs> and John Cena has so many fantastic matches under his belt that he does not get credit for. And he had a great rivalry with this man. And the best match of this rivalry culminated at the Royal Rumble 2017. This match was phenomenal. One one against AJ Styles. <laughs> wow. All right. Dude, that was a hard one for me, though, because each match was, was seriously, lack of better words, phenomenal. And Did you have a hard time like that, too? It was a good yeah, but this it was, was it, it was a good match. It was a great match. One the best of their yeah. three. Oh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which is surprising because yeah, each one was just lights out. That would that got my honorable mention. I, I almost I wanted to put it on the list, but then I had two better ones that I wanted to talk about. Right. Number two, Abel. So this match was surprising because it did involve John Cena, but the person who came out of this match as the big man, the big beast, Brock Lesnar, SummerSlam 2014. This dude, oh my God. John Cena was annihilated. And we were looking, this was right after uh, Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania for the streak. You know, and you put him up against the company you know, face the champion and you're expecting Cena to win, but he gets annihilated. It was shocking. Amazing match. Amazing. And kudos for John Cena to be able to deliver that performance in a way that didn't shine him, but it totally made sense. And look at where Brock Lesnar is now. And respect to John Cena. I feel like a lot of people in John Cena's position would never do that, actually. You think Hulk Hogan would take that? Nope. You think Bret right. Hart would do that? Or right. Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold? But it created moments. It, right. it created was moment. moment. It, was, it was a shocking moment, and it led to wow. like a whole other level for Brock Lesnar. Crazy. And how we viewed him. Mark? My number two uh, was, I thought it was an amazing rivalry they had. It was original. I don't think it will ever be done again. Uh, and the match that they did at his Money in the Bank in front of the Chicago crowd, it was just electric, uh, was John Cena and CM Punk. And honestly, they had a lot of classic matches together. The one that really sticks out as far as, like, you know, in-ring work uh, was probably the last match they had on Monday Night Raw. I think, I forgot what year it was. It was I remember this, CM Punk gave John Cena a pile driver when pile drivers were forbidden. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the chemistry that those two always had was – it was just like you know you can't you can't force that they just had it. Yeah, but the, the... and talk about uh, reinventing the business, pushing the envelope, and really making a, a a name not just for themselves but for what the business was at that time. That was a time right. where you know kayfabe. You know what was kayfabe? Is kayfabe dead? And they pushed it. That third wall broke. It they down, pushed it, shattered, that, that and it match, wasn't just that storyline in general. Punk. Yeah, like. Yeah. It was just perfect storytelling. The fact that it was in Chicago was just uh, – we were talking about crowds earlier before. Can they make oh or break a match? Uh, you know, the crowd definitely helped make that match. Absolutely. My turn? Yeah, your turn. Hey, this stands as one of the best John Cena matches in WrestleMania history. Mm. WrestleMania 26, 2010. The Animal Batista. Totally biased, by the way. I guess John you're Cena. Not, you're number one. WrestleMania 26. <laughs> I mean, I was there live. How many – Abel, how, how many rows were we like? Eight rows ringside? Dude, that was when we went ringside. We yeah. were uh, three rows from the ring, sitting right behind the... Uh, Chicago White Sox. The uh, White Sox. Um, it was it was a great match. I thoroughly enjoyed it watching it live. It's one of the rare WrestleMania matches I've watched again. It was just one of the best WrestleMania matches of John Cena's career in whole, besides the Shawn Michaels one. 
Number one, I think me and Mark might have the same one. Uh, Abel, the floor is yours. I wonder. Well, I won't. I won't take too much time from you guys, so you could have your little bromance over there. Thank you. But uh, Hollywood, uh, you you nailed my number one with your number two. Oh yeah. Uh, the hey, what the hey, what Punk Money in the Bank match in 2011 was the. I, it, it was my number one. It, the crowd had a lot to deal with it, but let me tell you what. I learn from these top three now. Mark, by the way, I'm not surprised. John Cena is a great, amazing, beyond like he should go down in history as being the best supporting wrestler to any match. Why? Because him versus Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels made him look good. Him versus AJ Styles, AJ Styles made him look good. Him versus CM Punk, CM Punk made him look good. But without... John Cena being that great supporting actor to that storyline, to that match, CM Punk wouldn't have shine as hard as he shined. Shawn Michaels wouldn't be who he was. You know, AJ Styles wouldn't be able to deliver. So I just am going to end my three count with saying John Cena is a great supporting wrestler, as you would understand Mark Schwann as a supporting actor. John Cena, I think he took a page out of Ric Flair's book. You know, Ric Flair talks about, you know, it's not yourself looking good. The way you look, you, the way you make yourself look good is by making your opponent look good. Yeah. You know, by putting over your opponent. And John Cena has done it each and every single time. And, you know, say what you will about Roman Reigns, especially during that storyline between him and, and, uh, and Cena. Um, you know, that was probably one of the better storylines that Roman Reigns had, better matches he had. You know, like, John Cena really goes out of his way to make people look good. But going to my number one, you know what's crazy? He's he's then criticized <laughs> for burying people. Yeah, he is. right, right. No, it, it, it is. It's it's what really the, funny. Lower card like uh, Alex Riley uh, names. I can't think of. Mr. Kennedy. Yes. <laughs> oh, love that dude. Mark number I'm one. Sorry, Mark. So yeah, my number one. Uh, you know, Abel did touch on this earlier before. It was your number three with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. That was a very good match. Although my number one was not that one. It was the night after Monday Night Raw. The match mm. that went one hour to end yeah. off the show. Um, I feel like really topped that one. Uh, just the athleticism that they both showed in the ring. The emotion. Mm-hmm. The emotion that was there. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels, just like pretty much the last ditch effort super kick to end it mm-hmm. off. I, it was just... And plus the fact that I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. The fact that he won <laughs> that one. Of course, put it little cherry on top of it but you know it was just uh the fact that you just did that like not even like 24 hours later yeah. to put on that, that barn burner in front of a in front of that electric crowd um with all the again with all the emotion i feel like there, there was a lot more emotion that matched than the one at wrestlemania for whatever reason uh, remember, no i, compl- I completely i completely agree mark i'm liking how weird that was wrestlemania so, 23 yeah abel you said it right it was 23 i said it was 23 but i don't remember the year but i do have to mention that that Second match, I totally agree with you, Mark, was better than that WrestleMania match. But being there for me, it was the moment that I turned in, that John Cena turned me into like, yo, this is someone who deserves the respect from everybody in this stadium. Like, well, I, yeah, I think, I think for me, um, I, I, could to- I totally understand where you're coming from with that. The fact you were there live, of course, adds another element to that. Um, but I think for me as well, it just uh, that match, Sam Monday Night Raw, definitely made me appreciate John Cena on another level as far as like, you know his in-ring work and what he yeah, can do there. Absolutely. Especially after, again, WrestleMania 23, I'm not shitting on that match. It was a very good match. 
uh, just they took it to there. another level that next yeah, night. Yeah, they took it to another they level. They pushed themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just, it was awesome. Buddy, do, do we have to see number one or is, are you wrong? This match proved doubters that Cena wasn't a great worker. You know, it, it, we haven't seen a match like this on Raw since. <laughs> You're damn right I'm right. Raw, April 2007. John Cena versus the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, in that what hour-long match. I am shocked. This really is number one as well. Wow, you guys is have it... been doing this show too too long together, man. Oh my god, dude, we really are like kind of the same person sometimes. It's one of the best matches in Raw history. Not no. only, not only my personal skewed opinion, but check out any forum, any website. John Cena, Shawn Michaels, that hour-long match in England. Back in 27, uh, 2007. It was in England as well. That's another thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That car was wild. It, it was, was great. Yeah, it was so hot. I figured that was your number one match. I, I knew it was going to be your number one match, and I just <laughs> I could not make it my number one as well. I, I still don't get like how like you know you have such a fantastic match for WrestleMania, but how you outdo that the next night. Like, go, I, go, I, I guess, an hour. They go an hour. They go an hour, no less. Dude, was, was it the next have, night? It wasn't, it wasn't two the of the night. best in the business. You have two of the best in the business. You have Shawn Michaels, John Cena. Right before they go out, they're like, "Dude, we're gonna top out last night." Hell yeah, we're gonna it wasn't, fucking it the next night. top out last night. Like like freaking Ruthless Lala said a few weeks ago on a shot of wrestling. You ready to steal the church's money? Hell fucking yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and they absolutely did. And they absolutely did, man. And you know, Putty, yeah, go to your point. I mean, that was definitely the best. I can't remember any other match I've seen that yeah. comes close to that on Monday Night Raw. No, that was one. And in fact, they did what one hour. Like, what was the last match to go over an hour in Raw? Was it a gauntlet match? Probably. Yeah, that doesn't count. Which doesn't really count. Let's. After the it's show, a great three count. that is our <laughs> top John Cena matches count. of all time. There's so many John Cena moments, but these are just our matches. Let us know what you think. Do we miss something? Dialed up 619-343-3005 or inbox at shutterwrestling.com or social medias. Hey, Abel, why don't you put it up on Instagram? You know, it's two. It, me, yeah. and Abel, uh, me and Putty, we have the same one. It's one, one V1, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds That's like a great idea, things. brother. Go home thoughts. Abel, your floor is yours. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for join, uh, allowing me to come back to a shot of wrestling. Obviously, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that have been taken care of. We have new merch that will be released this upcoming summer. It is starting to arrive. And one of the reasons it's starting to arrive because we'll be holding a contest. We're going to open up the promo hotline. That's right. Within the next week, you could dial it up 619-343-3005 and listen to a wrestler drop a promo. If you could drop a better promo than whoever this secret wrestler is, you win some great new Shot of Wrestling merch. Not only that, this is something we've been discussing, we're really excited about. We have a lot of time now. Everybody has a lot of time during this quarantine. And, you know, there's a lot of times we're out there we're at indie shows and and we get this question asked what if a shot of wrestling ran a show what would happen who would we book what matches would we build so within the next coming weeks a shot of wrestling will be hosting a shot of wrestling draft now we will pick the superstars who will join our roster but we will also 
open it up to all the fans and everybody who loves wrestling as much as we do to pick the people who will be part of the shot of wrestling roster, which will then later, hopefully we could build some dream matches. There are five rounds, I believe, right? Correct. Yes. Five five rounds. rounds. Five rounds, and everybody's going to be able to participate on all forms of social media. So make sure you follow us, Shot of Wrestling, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter uh, for all the details coming very soon. So, Mark, you're going home with thoughts. I'm going to make it quick and simple. I mean, Abel touched on a lot of things that I was going to talk about as well. Uh, you know, just happy to be alive right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Knock on wood. Fast. Uh, I'm going nuts here with my hair. I'm looking at myself in the Skype video that we, or the Facebook Messenger video that we're doing right now. Uh, my hair is going nuts. I, I need some haircutting tips. So if you guys want to call that hotline and drop a message on that too, and then how to cut your own hair, yeah, right. Uh, please let me know. Maybe you could start doing some cornrows. Uh, probably at this point. <laughs> Mine? Thanks for asking. I, I just assumed oh, you were going to go right into it, buddy. Yeah, you're the host. That's you're not you're even doing. listening to me anyway. Take it over. Never do. <laughs> so I've been doing commentary. Me and Mark have been doing commentary for less than a year at BWF. Me and Abel have done commentary here and there. I think maybe once, maybe twice. But me and Mark have been consistently doing commentary for BWF Bronx Wrestling I'll Federation. I you guys are the voices. When, the voices when is our one year, buddy? I'm going to ask me that. I, I think I it's May. Is it May? Yeah, I think it's May. So, uh, you know, one of the things I hear about wrestling is... When you go to an unloaned locker room, shake hands with everybody and introduce yourself. So that's what I try to do. and um, Which we shouldn't do anymore, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the faces and one of the names that always stuck out to me was uh, senior official Alphonse Stevens. Oh, God, yes. And I remember one time, a couple months ago, he came up to me specifically before the show started. Hey, by the way, Putty, uh, I'm in the main event. Just do me a favor. Can you say officiating this match is BWO senior official Alphonse Stevens? Like, yeah, I could do that, no problem. Didn't think much of it at the time. So I watched the whole show, and I watched him do his thing in the main event, and uh, I put him over it. BWF senior official Alphonse Stevens. I, th- I saw what he did compared to the other referees I've seen, not only on that show, mm-hmm. but other indie shows I've been to. There's a reason why he's a senior referee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, so every time, I don't know if Mark, you've even noticed this, every time he's doing a match, I always put over, by the way, in charge of this match is BWF senior official Alphonse Stevens. Right. No, I do notice that. Well, unfortunately, he is one of the victims of this COVID-19 coronavirus. He is in the hospital. He is on a ventilator. So our thoughts and prayers go out to him. You know, it, it, this is a disease that is affecting the worldwide. And New York State has more cases than any other country in the world, which is mind-boggling. Right. Country. Yep. Yes. Uh, it was very touch-and-go a couple days ago as of this recording, Friday night, April 10th. Is on the upswing, so glass half full. He seems to be on the up on the mend, but thoughts and prayers go to him. Um, he's one of those greatest. I'm, we're not close friends with him, but every time I see him, he handshake. Always a nice guy. Always yep. a nice guy. Uh, yeah, oh, such a nice, nice dude, man. And like you know, I've had plenty of conversations with him as well. Uh, you know, extremely talented way he does. Definitely stands out amongst the rest. So uh, God bless to him. He seems to be on the up. Swing, but he's not out of the woods yet. So uh, no, he's he's not out of the woods. So hashtag still with him. Hashtag breathe Alfred going on in social media. So uh, God bless to him. Hey, Amen, dude. Can I say it better? That's kind of depressing. Let's end up an upswing. Let's go uh, refill our drinks. Oh wait, we're at our homes, so that's kind of uh, doesn't <laughs> yeah. work as well. Abel, thanks for joining uh, us. Thanks for joining us tonight. My pleasure, brother. Good Mark, seeing you, Abel. Mark, thanks for uh, thanks, brother, being brother. Here. 
I, I feel like you're just like you kind of just brushed me off right there. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I yeah, guess. Being here. Whatever. <laughs> give me some love. Shit. All right. Well, I don't give you love. You give yourself enough love. <laughs> As Shit. such, so for the Hollywood assassin, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann, and Abel the Green Man, Villamar, and Billy Brash. I've been your host at Mark J. Putty. Until next week, wash your hands. Stay safe. Putty. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Oh. All right. Here we are for last call with Billy Brash. Billy, you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. So, first off, what is your favorite cheat meal? Oh, man. Probably... Tacos or uh, anything Italian. What are you currently binge watching? Uh, I started that Tiger King or whatever. I'm on like episode two of it. I heard about that. that. That's wild. Um, okay, so who is your celebrity crush? Celebrity crush, Natalie Portman, 100%. Oh, can't fight you on that. <laughs> no, smart, funny, beautiful. She's got it all. <laughs> oh, man, that's you really crushing on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you could have a drink um, with one celebrity who is no longer with us, who would it be? It'd probably be like Johnny Cash. Oh, oh I love Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite workout? All of it. Man, really? I'm a gym rat, yeah. The two biggest things I miss right now during this deal is is the gym and wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your guilty pleasure? Video games. <laughs> okay. That's, that's what I spend most of my time doing whenever I'm not on the road or anything. What's your favorite game then? Any Any Legend of Zelda game. I'm a huge Zelda fan. Classic. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? <laughs> Gotta be William Regal, uh, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, because he's the first person whenever I first started watching wrestling that was just like, that guy, he has it all. Like He can talk, he can do anything. And then uh, Steve Carino. Damn, that sounds like a great training facility. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite childhood memory? Probably, uh, I think I was nine or ten years old, and my dad took he took me to a SmackDown taping, and we were sitting on the floor, like we weren't we weren't up on the rail, but we were like bleacher floor seats, like in the corner. And Undertaker came out, and like I just looked at him, and he was like, "Well, fucking go!" <laughs> and I ran up to the rail, <laughs> got to like high five Undertaker. So <laughs> that's dope. Not many people can say they've done that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite WrestleMania? Oh shit! Probably uh, twenty-seven because that's the first one I ever went to. Oh, like okay. that's the first one I ever got to like experience live and all that. Like, but as far as watching WrestleManias, I think WrestleMania twenty-four. Because of uh, Sean and Flair, that last match, man, I still watch that. I still tear up. How can you not, man? I mean, that's like the most iconic emotional moment in wrestling. I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Every time, man, just waterworks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when everything goes back to normal here in society, what's the first thing you're going to do? I'm going to go to the gym <laughs> and try to get some bookings, try to get back on the road. <laughs> kind of figured after what you just said yeah, about working man. out. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of sitting in this fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. All right, Billy. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for joining us for Last Call. Cheers to you, my friend. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. 
Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. Ha 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.